and welcome back to the Mate How Good Boys podcast with me, Josh. And me, Donna. Oh, yeah, baby. The player pod. You know, the sometimes pee-pee. you order, sometimes you sometimes you go to like a burger place and you think, oh, I'll have some chicken wings, which is just a starter, but they're still delicious. That is our week in football, a delicious little starter to get you going. Mm. Although it was an hour long this week. But we all know you're here for the main course. It's not called the it's not called the mate it's not called the week in football podcast featuring mate how good was it's the mate how good was podcast featuring the week in football. So what we're going to be doing today, as we have done in all of our podcasts, and if you haven't listened to any of them before, go and listen to them, please. Um, is we're going to be discussing a player from times past when we think football was a little bit better. So we are going to be looking at a hero for a certain club this week, and what we've done is we've we've stepped away from like the big. The big, the top, the big six logic, or the big six logic in other countries, haven't we? We've stepped away from like oh, I played for Arsenal or United or Chelsea, 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 <laughs> or Milan, Juventus, Barca, any of those. Um, get it in every pub, mate. Um, but we've gone for someone who is a bit of an icon at a, at a club that I'm gonna. We'll let Dono talk through when he gives you his tail of the tape. He'll let you know who you are. But we're going to ask the question today, mate. How good was Janino? And not, by the way, let's just clarify, Janino Paulista, as in the Janino that played for a team in Teesside, as opposed to <laughs> Leon Janino, who we actually nearly did the podcast on, but then we thought, nah, better not. <laughs> that would have been awkward if I'd have read through Janino per... whatever his name is. Janino per... I'm, I'm going to Google it now. But Janino uh, per... Nabucano. Per... Nabucano. Yeah. Well, it's a good thing I didn't read through his Wikipedia beforehand. We actually got a message, sorry, just before we do this, we actually got a message because we were actually, we were contemplating which one to do. And we got a message like, oh, you meant Janino Permicano rather than Janino Paulista. <laughs> and I was like, fucking hell, if there is if there is a more samba-wearing, <laughs> IPA-drinking message than that, I, well, there isn't, there isn't one. <laughs> uh, you guys. <laughs> but we've decided to go for Big Janino. Big, well, not very big, Janino Paulista for reasons that we will explain shortly. No one knows him as Janino Paulista, do they? It's Janino and then it's Janino from Leon. There's Janino. <laughs> <laughs> there, yeah, there's Janino and then Leon Janino. So this is real Janino. <laughs> yeah, this is, yeah. J9. Real Janino. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Now. Ooh. <laughs> oh, I've no. been, we've been spoiled. We've been we've been spoiled the last couple of weeks. I can't I can't wait to hear what you got this week. Do you know what? Every week, every week. Oh no, sorry, not every week. <laughs> the last two weeks I've prepared. This week it got to about twenty minutes before we recorded the pod, and I was like, "Oh my god, I've not done that really long intro that I like to do before every pod." And I've just, <laughs> you know, I've just quickly just thrown something together. It's nothing amazing. It's nothing amazing. Um, we'll see. I can't right wait. Now. So <clears throat> let's go. F- yeah, I can't wait for. So Donna, can you give us his tail of the Janino's tail of the tape, please? Janino, sorry, Osvaldo, Hiroldo Junior, commonly known as Janino Paulista, the Moni magician, effectively known by T siders as the little fella, voted the greatest player to ever play for the most centralised borough on planet Earth. The family man that played as a cam. Not Ronaldinho. Not even Fabinho. Not even Jauzinho. 
Pierce Juninho. Paulista. Starts his career in the youth system of the Marshal of the Rails, the Rooster of I2, and the capital of large things, Itano. Itano? Ituano, but yeah. Fuck yeah, now. Right, it, Ituano. Um, before making his professional career, starting out at the self-confessed, sorry, the self-confessed champions of everything, Sao Paulo. Before making then the move to when you ask a dude what finger is a swear word, Middlesbrough. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Before then making the move to unequivocally the third biggest supported club in Madrid behind Real and the Jude Bellingham Appreciation Society at Atletico Madrid. <laughs> where he then has a stint before being loaned back to Middlesbrough. Um, comes back again. Goes back on loan to the authentic people's club Vasco da Gama. Comes back to the third most supported club in Madrid. Goes back out on loan to a club not to be confused with the Silly Pink Bird or the Spanish dance, <laughs> Flamengo. <laughs> Before then returning for a third time to Middlesbrough. <laughs> he then makes a move to the bullet point on a vintage user's checklist. Sell tick. Oh my God. <laughs> Where he spends a very short time before going back to um, his home country of Brazil um, to a club better described as a friend who wipes your bum for you, uh, Palmeiras. Um, (laughs) 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 Then he goes back to the silly pink bird Flamengo and then (laughs) goes on a a gap year to uh, Australia. Uh, the home of mullets, mates, and marinated, marinated shrimp on the Barbie, Sydney FC. <laughs> Before going full circle back to the club that brought him through as a child, <laughs> Ituano? Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, wow. That was, wow. That, was the, the, that was your best one so far, definitely. There are... Middlesbrough, Middlesbrough was is a personal highlight. That was very good. Um, I'm glad. So, don't you think that I always I feel like Vasco da Gama feels like it's three words that someone's just chucked together that shouldn't actually be together. It looks so weird, doesn't it? Yeah, I, don't and I can't help but think like like Gamma, Gammon, Vasco sounds like fast, like a fast pig, but I don't think that's what it translates to. Nah, I reckon Vasco something to do. I don't know what I reckon Vasco something to do with it being having a ship on it. Don't know. That's just my guess. Um. Anyway, shit. Well, not shit club, but not the best of the clubs. So, as in, in his individual honours during this time, he wins. He wins several things: the Supercopa Libertadores, the Intercontinental Cup, the Recopa Sudamericana, which is just, just absolutely gargantuan. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, the Copa Cannonball. He wins the Copa Merisco and the Campeonato Brasileiro Serie A. So he wins shitloads in Brazil across a few clubs and the Campeonato Carioca. Fuck me. How many ca- how many things can he win in Brazil? Do, like, do Brazil? Like, do they get him in cereal boxes? Do you know what I mean? Like, well, he's won so much. Um, he wins. He wins the League Cup for Middlesbrough, which is which is huge. He wins the FIFA Confederations Cup. What? I'll bring it back. The FIFA Confederations Cup, nineteen ninety seven. He wins the World Cup. Juninho is a World Cup winner, which Light to work. me is one of the most is one of the most mental things that I discovered while I was doing this is that Juninho has won the World Cup. He's played Juninho's played Juninho's played part of his career next to Joseph Desiree Job, and he has still won the World Cup. In fact, he's played off Joseph Desiree Job and still won the World Cup. He's he's ha- he's gone. Hey, have you seen that young lad coming through? He looks really good. That David Weir, and he's won the World Cup. Those two things have happened, which is fucking mental. Um, he's also won Middlesbrough Player of the Year, the Northeast Player of the Year. What a weird thing to win! Uh, he won. Uh, he came second in Premier League Player of the Season in ninety six, ninety seven, and he won the Premier League Player of the Month in March nineteen ninety seven. So shout out Janino. Um, right, this is like a Janino to me is what I would describe as the streets won't forget footballer in a time prior to social media. And that if Janino is like, Janino is like that, the, the, he's just slightly too far before you, JJ Acocha's, um and those type of players we've spoken about before. Like his, his peak times were late nineties, um, which obviously I remember fondly being three years old. But if, when you look Agreed. back at him, you go, right, he is a proper streets won't forget footballer, isn't he? Yeah, he's like um, skillful, skillful, tricky attacking midfielder at a time when football was still a little bit kicking head. Yeah, especially in England. So it's like, wow, look at it. He was the Brazilian Brazilian. Like, you know, when you talk about, oh, that player is so Brazilian. That was him. He was so Brazilian in 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 the coming through playing in England and. Yeah, he was a delight. I mean, he was he was before our time, really. But he's the he's the kind of player that I remember from Premier League years, and like any Premier League goal compilation DVD that I would have managed to scrape out of a out of a, out of a Sun newspaper over the weekends. Um, yeah, he was he was he was sick. He was a great player. Definitely, a, yeah, definitely a streets won't forget kind of player. He's also when you look at his. Obviously, we're going to talk through his career a little bit. At, well, we'll talk through that's the whole point of the pod. Um, we're going to talk through some of the what are almost like the better times at Middlesbrough, what are the worst times at Middlesbrough. But I think when you watch some of his clips, you see him like getting past the ball by like some bloke who looks like he's just come out of the dog and duck, and then is, is <laughs> passing the ball to Janino, who is then doing all this Brazilian shit, and it's just a bit mad. Like I, I think like. David Wheater was obviously too far before his time, but if you're thinking of like that type of footballer, it is like it is like rough rough Ricky in his football lot and Juninho and maybe Emerson and maybe Ravanelli and maybe Jan Agafiotov, just a few other players. But it was like they it's just he is clearly a step above technically a lot above a lot of the players that he's playing with in that. Yeah. And I think that is um I know we'll go through his time at Middlesbrough, but um that's exemplified by when he signs for Middlesbrough, like the fanfare that comes with it. 
you don't really see that anymore when a player signs. You don't really know about a player signing anymore. But like the player getting greeted like at the airport, that's like my favourite thing. And they don't do that anymore because um, they come on private jets, don't they? They get taken away in a car straight away. But yeah, Janine arriving at the airport holding the Middlesbrough scarf and all stuff like that. Brilliant. I absolutely love that. And then everyone's got the day off work because they want to go see him at the airport or go see him outside the ground. <laughs> Unreal, man. Bring that back. Yeah. Do you get rid like I, I I'm not I'm not anti good social media posts. I'm not anti a funny video to uh to announce someone when it's done well, but I think a lot of it isn't done well. But I am way more pro Janino stepping off the plane with a Middlesbrough fan and never being like, fucking hell's fucking Janino. <laughs> <laughs> That is what I'm much more pro as opposed to, as opposed to, like I said, like the funny, like the funny, like Burnley released, Burnley released loads of funny videos this, uh, this summer. And I was like, ah, Burnley brilliant. But now look at them. <laughs> Not so brilliant. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll kind of talk about the beginning of his career a little bit, but I think obviously the, the bulk of what we're going to talk about is, is his time at Middlesbrough. Um, just something to make a note of before we start as well. Like we said, Janinho won the 2002 World Cup. He played for Brazil 49 times. That is madness. Like how is, how is someone who is, how is someone that is associated with Middlesbrough played for Brazil 49 times? Like that's, this is part one of why, part or, or one of the several factors of why I love him is the fact that he was the, the best part of his career. And he obviously loved it so much because he went there three times was Middlesbrough, but he's almost got 50 caps for Brazil. Yeah. And to think that if he hadn't, if he hadn't got had the injuries that he had, he probably would have gone on to play a lot more as well. At a time when they had so many great players as well in his position, like I think in the I think in the World Cup final he was on the bench with Kaka. Kaka. Who should we bring on? Uh Kaka? Nah, let's get Jan- let's get Janinho on. That's absolutely mental, isn't it? Um that's not I'm I'm understating how good he was there though, but this is Ballon d'Or winning Kaka, who I didn't put in my um South American all time ten. So he is he is a good player. He makes the he, he makes that squad in that two thousand and two World Cup. Yeah, he's I won't say anymore because I was about to say something. Let's go. Let's carry on. Juninho has Juninho has gone from playing with Ronaldo at Brazil at that World Cup to this to the following season playing with Joseph Taziri Job up front. Do you know what I mean? And this is <laughs> this isn't the mate how shit was Joseph Taziri Job podcast. But there, I think there's I think we can all accept there's a difference in level of quality between those two players. Um, how many how many times do you reckon um, Brian Robson made the joke? I reckon he can do a job up front. When signing Joseph Tessieri's job, <laughs> oh, he said, "Oh, he'd, I bet he'd do a right good Joseph Tessieri up front." Him, <laughs> Cockney <laughs> rhyming slang and Teesside rhyming slang. That's a terrible Northern accent, by the way. Um, Jesus wept. So, Jesus wept indeed. So he um, he was signed <laughs> for Sao Paulo professionally after he played for Ituano in a game in uh, in a cup game and they were like fucking hell I'll have a bit of him and he actually scored he actually scored quite a few goals for Sao Paulo um, so I think the, I think the exact total which I don't know why I didn't have prepared no the exact total is not what I thought it was I'm thinking of something different he scored three goals for him <laughs> <laughs> he scored he scored uh, three goals for them in 44 games during his time when he was coming through at Sao Paulo that's when he started to break into the Brazil squad and he actually scores he scores a class free kick in the Umbro Cup great cup Bring in, it back. in which Janinho 
Juninho scores a class free kick against England. So he scores a he scores an unreal free kick against England um, in a three one win for in a three one win for Brazil. And you're probably watching that. And this at this point, he was really highly rated. You're probably watching that, uh, like people watching TV at home, going, "Oh, look, the young Brazilian lad. He's just got a great free kick. I wonder where he's going to go. Oh, probably go to Man United, or probably go to <laughs> Liverpool, or probably go to Barcelona. Oh no, he. Oh no." <laughs> But before we go on to that, can I just tell you who was in? I actually looked at that England side, right? I just looked at the England side. There are some because because we we are going to talk about that goal at some point. But we actually looked at the England side: Tim Flowers in goal, Graham Lasso, David Batty, Gary Neville, John Scales, Stuart Pearce, <laughs> David Platt. Okay, happy with that. There's obviously some good and some bad. Colin Cooper. Who the fuck is Colin Cooper? Do you remember Colin Cooper? <laughs> He might have been an Umbro employee. Mate, he must have been. Never heard of him. And then the front three was uh, Teddy Sharing, a and Shearer, Darren Anderton. But Colin Cooper. Sounds made <laughs> up that it sounds like a regen. Um, so anyway, he's so anyway that he's gone right. Who who's got the office on the table? Yeah, Real Madrid want us. Uh, yeah, Barcelona. Yeah, all these big clubs. Yeah, they're looking at me. Do you know anywhere in the north of England? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, man, yeah, yeah. Man United play in the north. Or Newcastle, Newcastle, we have a brilliant signing for you. Do you know in the north of England that were just in the championship and have just come <laughs> up? Uh, yeah, there's a little place called Middlesbrough, but you don't want to go. Yeah, there, there. That's where I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> so, he, so he so he signs for Middlesbrough. I actually was reading someone from someone talking about him signing for Middlesbrough. And this was really, really. This was actually really nice. It was the, it was a, a well, really potent quote. They were saying that Middlesbrough, as an area, was someone that was really suffering um, post the Thatcher era, and to get someone like Janino, like a like a, a foreign imp, uh, a foreign export or import, however you word it, and something of real quality to come and lift the area, had a bigger impact than you can actually understand. And I was like, wow, that's such a that's such a cool way to look at it. Um, although we don't want to get political on this podcast because that's not what we're about. Um, but he scored. Um, like I said, he just got a brilliant goal for Brazil. Political situation and the situation in Middlesbrough wasn't great. And then big, big little Janinho comes through and saves the day. Who apparently was um, apparently was really influenced by the fact that Brian Robson was there. Do you think, like, if you if you were a footballer, do you think that you would? How much of an impact would a manager have? If right, right fine, let me change that question. If you knew if there were two good managers, but one had played for. Man United or one who played for Real Madrid and one hadn't would you be more susceptible to go to the one that played for Man United or Real Madrid I don't know I guess I guess you would be yeah I, well looking at it I think a lot of players are influenced by that um, but my judgement is clouded because of how bad of a manager Steven Gerrard is um, so Steven Gerrard is a brilliant footballer but as a manager absolutely shit absolutely shit so i'm i'm sure like it has a massive impact because they probably can talk a, you can probably talk a great game they could probably talk the back legs off a donkey about how great of manager they are but i think when you're making a move like that because that's such a massive move it's coming from brazil he's coming to england he's coming to a team that's just been promoted Brian Robson must have sold him the dream. He must have sold him the dream because how much is Janino going to know about? Well, I guess he, might, he probably would know a lot about Brian Robson. May United captain, May United legend. Um, yeah, he probably knows who Brian Robson is. Do they have TVs in Brazil? Yeah. 
Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to all our Brazilian listeners. Um, that was a joke. Um, but I don't know like what what's home. Like, May and I are that big, I guess, is what I'm saying. Um, would I go to... Yes, I would probably go to a manager who has more experience. Cool. Thanks for that. Fucking hell. <laughs> that was a bit of a long wind... That was a bit of a long-winded one. A bit of a long-winded response, but I think I, something I'm going to pick up on that you said was actually about where you said he, like, coming to Middlesbrough from Brazil is such a big decision, right? And <laughs> one of my favourite, one of my favourite quotes about, one of my favourite quotes from Janinho about his his um his move here was basically there was really big concerns that being such a young man and only having really lived and only having lived in Brazil, he would find how cold it was how cold it was in the north of England something really difficult to deal with so so he's quoted as saying because so many people questioned him about it he's, he, he, he quoted and replied by saying it's not Siberia <laughs> I rate that so- that's a great response he was like he was expecting something disaster. He was expecting a monstrous level of cold, but he didn't get it. So someone asked him, "How are you finding the cold?" And he literally went, "It's not Siberia." <laughs> <laughs> um, but but in the same but in the same time, while he was at Middlesbrough, not not too long afterwards, he said it was so freezing cold that I couldn't feel my feet, so I had to put pieces of newspaper inside of my boots to help warm them up, and I always had to wear one of those ninja caps that leave everything but the eyes showing. <laughs> I think he means a balaclava. A ninja cap. <laughs> what is the newspaper going to do to keep your feet warm? Mate, that is, is he actually wearing boots that are too big for him? Like, what, put him on a radiator. Put <laughs> <laughs> socks on. Yeah. Um, don't worry, <laughs> Janino turning up with a pair of skis to train in. A pair of size 13 skis on the five foot five lad. It's because he's got fucking four days worth of papers in them. <laughs> he's gonna, oh. he'll, he'll blitz past you on the pitch and then all of a sudden you'll see this... You'll see- <laughs> you'll see this flash of newspaper flying up in the air like you know like those cartoons where like Roadrunner runs past like a newsstand and all the papers fly up in the air go everywhere that's exactly what happens when you get triple passed by Janine it'd be like that episode of The Simpsons as well where Sideshow Sideshow Bob's got like the size 25 feet remember what Janine would be looking like with all the newspaper stuck in his shoes also the fact he's in a balaclava as well at all points (laughs) Some people say, I don't know whether this is true. I don't know whether this is true, but it could be, it might not be, but apparently Drill was fully influenced by Janinio's, by Janinio's, <laughs> how cold Janinio was in Middlesbrough. I don't know if it's true or not true, but, um, but what, what, after, his move, after his move to Middlesbrough, you actually referenced this before, right? Janinio got the nickname TLF, just the little fella. <laughs> <laughs> That's so Brexit, Mate, it's so funny, right? And it just—I think I've said this before on a, on a podcast, but um, there was uh, what was his name? Is he he played for Leeds? He was a French striker. He—I'm um, going to find his exact name. His name was Jean Kevin Augustin. Do you remember him, the oh, French striker? He yeah, went on loan to I Leeds, right? Jean Kevin Augustin, very French, very cool name. Um, so he ended up going to Leeds and they just nicknamed him Big Kev. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I love that so much. Take something that's like, take something that's like relatively pure and something that comes from a different culture and just anglicise it loads. Who's that then? That's Janinio. Janinio, he's a little fella. That's his nickname, the little fella. <laughs> Sticks. That's just it. Pure, pure definition is the fact that he's small. Um, but he when he moved when he moved to Middlesbrough as well, what I love is he moved in with his parents as well. The just, family it adds man to the, that played his camp. It adds to the little it adds to the little fella thing as well. Moved in with his parents. But um another sort of talking about all the funny shit that he said and he's done. Like as a player, how would you like how would you describe Janino as a footballer? Um the, the one word that sticks in my head is and it's such a shit way to describe someone, but also it could p- perfectly encapsulates exactly what kind of player he is, is Brazilian. In the sense that yeah. you know exactly where he's playing. He's playing like between he's like playing in the hole behind the striker. Everything he his first touch is just stupid every single time. Like the ball comes to me as a silly touch. Um, full of skills, can go past a man, um, score of great goals. And a, and a sister of great goals as well. Some beautiful, some great, great range of passing. But also, he is definitely a little fella. Five foot five. That's quite small. <laughs> um, that, is, that is quite small. But I think that's what makes him so, like, so... I think if he was six foot tall, I don't think he'd probably be as, remem- like, as remembered. You know, when someone's like... I think it's because he's so small, it makes his ability so much more... Probably same with like players like like Messi, for example. Like because they're so small, they what they do make it makes it look so much more. Uh, what's the word? What they do is that much more amazing because of how small they are. Um, yeah, he's magic, magic feet. Yeah, and also shout out all of our small fans. Um, that Donna was just ripped for being really small. Like, there's nothing wrong with your height. You just keep being. Didn't you. say there was anything um, wrong with it. Mm, you did you did say you did say they look really really good when the really small people do the things no you did say it like that a little bit but they're just so cute (laughs) you did say it like that a little bit um (laughs) (laughs) but but like you said he is his janinio as a player is like you said great touch you're desperate for the ball not to fall to him at the edge on the edge of the box isn't you as well Mm. You're 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 hoping that you're hoping that there's some like big Wackhams, like a big Middlesbrough, a big Bora centre back is gonna come onto it, not fucking Janino. And also Janino to me is like nutmegs and chops as well, isn't he? Very good at chops, very good at nutmegs. I think if a if a British centre half is an elephant, Janino is the little mouse that scares him. That's the yeah. that's the best way to describe him. <laughs> like you can't really smash him. What you're not gonna really you're not gonna really do anything. Because you won't be able to get near him. He's too small. He's too quick. He's too small. He's a short king. He gets. He's in and out. Um, yeah. Sorry. I also think as well, just adding on to that, something that I loved about him when you watch the videos and stuff, and I suppose this is something that was probably more of a non-negotiable at this time, is he's, he's, he's strong as fuck as well. Like for someone quite small, he's strong as fuck. I feel like he would be, I feel like he would easily adapt to the modern game not so, and this is by the way, this is not me saying he's the same standard of player, but a la Bernardo Silva type thing. Mate, he would. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, I think I think he would. I think he would arguably be better in the modern game than he was in at, at his time because he's strong as fuck. Like it's like impressively strong. Rides tackles like they're not there. And I think if he yeah, the 
the working harder side of things and stuff is a, is a given now in modern day football. So that combined with his talent, he probably would have been a better player in the modern day. Yeah, I completely agree. When I was thinking about, because I, I do do a bit of pre, a bit of prep for for this podcast. When I was thinking about where I would think he would go, and what kind of player it reminded me of, I was thinking he, yeah, he's, he's very similar to Bernardo Silva, and I thought the exact same thing as you. I think he would probably in the modern like the modern day he would be so good he'd be so good because he wouldn't he'd get a lot more protection from referees and i think technically it was so so good so yeah i think yeah very similar players very similar player to to bernardo silva um but like you said he was very strong he could ride a challenge and yeah just some of the goals are ridiculous like he's riding challenges left right and center and he still manages to get in around the box it's nuts because at the time you would have seen like you would have seen like players like that come under as much like as much of a torrent of um, physical, I suppose physical abuse. Then um, come under such a torrent of like physicality in the Premier League, but and then just kind of like c- kind of shrinking it. But he didn't. He absolutely thrived off of it. Um, yeah, but no, I do I do agree with you. It's a long long story short, I do agree exactly everything you just said. Thanks, mate. That means a lot. Um he he also gives sorry, just I, I said we wouldn't talk about this, but I do need to come back to it. The fact that he was like living with his parents, living in Middlesbrough and stuff like that. Something else he did as well was he was caught he'd been caught, like or seen regularly just out in the street playing football with kids. Like that is when you when you think about the when you take in those factors I was talking about earlier about why someone is probably so loved in an area, like always the the biggest factor in that is how good they are on the football pitch and how good they are as a footballer. But if you can add that extra 20, 30% of doing things like that, like leaving the club, coming back to the club, embracing the local area, fucking playing football with local children in the street and shit like that, like that's going to make fans love him even more, isn't it? Yeah, it's like... Nothing. There's nothing a fan wants more than to see themselves in a in a player that plays for their club, or see a fan in a player that plays for their club. Like, how much are players that how much are players that come through the the academy in front that are from the local area adored by fans, but a player that comes from a completely different country, a completely different culture, that embraces everything about the club, and becomes like one of them. That arguably adored more, I would say, um, and yeah, I think these these kinds of stories, like you don't really hear things like this nowadays because it would be like on social media that someone would record him. So like the when you hear these stories, they're like they're almost like fables, aren't they? Like fables of players from from generations past that have done these like sick things. Could you imagine being one of the kids, like? You, it would be like a dream, wouldn't it? Like, imagine—I don't know—just um, having a kick about in the street and being like, "All right, who are we? Right, right, we're doing. We're going to pick numbers. All right, I've got. Uh, right, I'll have number three. Ricky, you're on my team. All right, I've got number six. I'll have. Oh, Janino, you're over here. <laughs> Janino, <laughs> go in, net lad. <laughs> It'd be madness. Do you reckon he played in goal? Nah, Janino ain't in fucking goal, is he? Janino, even no, I, guess not. I feel like Janino feels like he'd be a nice enough guy. This is of no knowledge of not knowing him in any way, shape, or form. But he would be a nice enough guy to go out and play football with the kids. But also, he's definitely not going in goal. Even if it's even if it's keeper swap every ten minutes, he's not swapping. He's not going, and he's fucking Janino. Would you crop him? 
Nah. Nah, because he's one of your players. Nah, you can't because he's one of your players. If 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 Middlesbrough was a two-town city and you were like a, I don't know, like a Sunderland fan or something like that, I, yeah, you'd crop him. But Right. New scenario. Junior picks the ball up, halfway line, you've gone in for the first tackle, he's nutmegged you. All your friends are going, Wee! You've turned around, you're red face. Janinho's just not made you. You go in for the second tackle, he nutmegs you again. He's 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 shown you a clean pair of heels. Are you gonna jump on his heels? This would be my reaction. You fucking preaching in your fucking fucking And then I'd snap him. But I'd probably miss. Yeah. But I'd go for it. Yeah. Yeah, I can't not. You've That'd got to stupid. You got to show a fucking idiot. You've got to show me yeah. there first tackle. Yeah, let him know. Right. Um, first season is first season is a more successful one for the club. Um, not as successful for him. Second season, he comes runner-up in the Premier League Player of the Season, and he gets Middlesbrough to both the FA Cup and the League Cup final, of which they lose both. Sad. They also sign Emerson, Fabrizio Ravanelli, who scores a hat trick against Liverpool on his debut, by the way, and who and who has a senior role at Juventus now and played for Juventus, which is just mental. And Yanaga Fjortov, who is basically like the who is basically if Fabrizio Romano and David Ornstein are A star, Yanaga Fjortov is kind of like the A to B of that thing on social media now. Also, Swindon legend, shout out you, Yanaga. Um, but. All of that happens. They spend all that money. They get all these players and they get relegated. They get relegated, but Janino comes runner-up to Gianfranco Zola in the player of the season. I, like, what a... That is... What? I'm trying to think of a player that's, that's like, since then that's happened to. Scott Parker. Do you remember when Scott Parker got relegated and yeah. won, like, player of the season or something like that? But Scott Parker, did we, we're not... That's, that's like comparing apples and oranges, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, very different players. Also, that's absolutely mentally one player of the season when they got relegated. He was very good that year, but... Um, passion merchant. Absolute passion merchant. Tuck your shirt in, crop a load of people, scream at the ref, perfect. Man, oh, beautiful footballer. Um, yeah, unbelievable. But this is what this is what, this is is what what confuses me. Like, he, obviously, they obviously get relegated. Yeah. Why his next move is what it is, I don't... <sighs> I find it. I would have thought there would have been better offers on the table for him. Yeah, he he actually says afterwards that in hindsight he made a mistake leaving England so early. Like as in he should have stayed at Borough, which is mental to think that he thought I was the second best player in the Premier League. I should stay at Borough. Yeah, mad, isn't it? Um, the the way that they get relegated as well is nuts. Basically, they had to postpone a game. Um, so they got dot three points by the FA at the end of the season after being two points from safety. After being sorry, a point ahead. So like, let's say Leeds had. Uh, no, it wasn't. Um, it wasn't a game. Leeds, it was a game with Blackburn um, that they had to postpone. So let's say they had like thirty-three points, and the team below them had thirty-two. They then got dot three points at the end, so then they were down to thirty, and the other team were on thirty-two. So they went yeah, nuts, and I can't remember the exact things. But he does. He he's magical in that season, and we're going to talk about some of his goals in a bit. But one thing that we don't talk about is. Um, he he plays this um he takes the piss out of Gary Neville and Man United in that season and he plays his pass he plays his pass to Emerson who if you haven't seen Emerson it's got to be the the Emerson's haircut is like Emerson's hair, haircut haircut is what you see on pro clubs and Emerson looks like he is Emerson looks like he's the pube man doesn't he like pubes everywhere um but he 
Emerson's celebration for when he scores against Man United is genuinely the worst I've ever seen. I don't know what it is, <laughs> but I, I've actually written in my notes, taking the piss out of United, accompanied by the worst celebration ever by Emerson after a great goal. <laughs> <laughs> so that is how I would describe him. Um, so his next move, like Donna was saying, like all, all was alluding to, he goes to... Um, he goes to Atletico Madrid, where he gets um, where he gets snapped pretty much straight away um, by um, Michel, <laughs> someone who I think when I started growing my hair about five six years ago, I thought he does have a face like leather, but he does have a great haircut. Um, big Michel Salgado, future captain of both Real Madrid and Blackburn, um, two massive clubs. Um, who then snaps him while he is playing for whilst obviously Janino is playing for Atletico doesn't really get too much game time so after one season he's like oh I'm not feeling great I don't know if I'm going to get back in this side Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank's just turned up he's quality can you send me back to side? but <laughs> straight back to side. so Borough go down come back up Janino's back on side, um, and they stay up again which is great he then goes back to Atletico, who are in the second division because they got relegated. If you haven't listened to our Jimmy Floyd podcast, please listen to it. Um, but he then goes out to Vasco da Gama, successful in Vasco da Gama, comes back, then goes out again. Um, successful with Flamengo, comes back. And then the prodigal son returns in 2002, where he signs for a, a whopping £6 million where he spends two years at the Riverside Stadium. Now, this is the Janino that probably we remember more in 2003, 2004. Yeah. I still remember Janino at this point. But I remember my like dad and like older people I was speaking to, like my uncles and or, or my uncle, or my dad, or whoever, being like, he's a player at Janino. Do you know what I mean? Like, or the general consensus being, oh, Janino's a good player. And he probably wasn't quite at that same level at this point. No. Yeah. It, well, he's just won a World Cup. Um, obviously gone on loan to it, on gone on loan back to Brazil. He's coming back for a third time, but they do go on to win some silverware. They do, and the whole reason that we're doing this podcast this week, so if you've got to thirty-eight minutes in, you'll understand now why we're doing it, is because obviously League Cup final week, weekend, Middlesbrough win a historical and their only trophy, the two thousand and three two thousand and four Football League Cup final, led by led by the Magic Man Janino. What a guy. Um, so that's the whole reason we decided to do this pod. So if you like this pod, like and subscribe. Yeah, joking I am. There's a few more bits to go through um, before we can get to the point where you can carry on living your sad little life after you've been informed about Janino, after we have spent our sad little lives looking up all of this stuff. Also, shout out you even you probably don't have a sad little life. Um, what the fuck was that? That is right. That is said. We've gone from. Do you remember we slagged off Jake Humphreys a few weeks ago? I've now turned into like anti Jake Humphreys, where I'm just going to tell people like, "Oh, you've got a sad little life." That was. I don't know <laughs> what that was, uh, but uh, but it's staying in. It's, it's staying in. There it is. Game over. Right. After his time at Middlesbrough comes to an end, he then makes a move to Celtic. Move to Celtic doesn't really work for him. He has Big Madden as his manager. But he's also playing, he's also trying to get into a midfield that has Stan Petroff and Neil Lennon. That's a pretty good midfield too, isn't it? And also Janino does not fit in that mould. And also those players are going to be doing the running for people like Henrik Larsson as well. Janino are doing that running. Yeah, I don't, it's such a minor Neil signing to sign a player of that quality, but then also not play him at all. It, it's like, 
he plays four. Varane they all plays four four two, so he would have had I don't know Sutton and Sutton and Larson up front, Petrov and Le- Lennon in the middle doing the dirty work, and then he would have had Thompson and I don't know who else would have been. I don't know who would have been the left midfielder then, but he's not. He's not. He's he wouldn't play Janine. And if you know anything about Martin O'Neill, is he plays the exact same eleven every single week. So Janine wouldn't get a sniff. He'd be off the bench if he's lucky, but. Other than that, if you're not starting every week, you're not starting at all. Um, yeah. Which obviously, quite literally, you are not starting if you're not starting every week. Um, but yeah, I think I can see why he would would lose his shit at Celtic. Um, Martin is so stubborn as well. From what um, from what I've heard of him in like countless interviews he's done. Um, but yeah, I don't really see how you could take an, a Lennon or a Petrov out of that side. And then throw in a Janino because it just wouldn't work, would it? Janino also Janino has as many league appearances for Celtic as league goals that he does for Palmeiras that he goes on loan to in 2005 for a season. He plays 14 times for Celtic and scores 14 goals for Palmeiras. So it's clearly not a sign of he's lost it. But like you said, wrong manager, wrong time. And Janino slags him off as well. He's like, I don't know why he didn't play me. I don't know why he didn't play me. But ultimately... Look, Martin O'Neill had a successful Celtic side, so who are we to judge? Um, although you've just judged him and said he's an absolute prick, essentially, so well done you. Um, he <laughs> ends up, like you said, going to Sydney, he retires, he gets voted Middlesbrough's greatest player of all time, and I think, for now, our first section is done, and the answer to mate how good was Janino, the answer is... AK, which is Burt talk for, yeah, he was really good really really good that burp actually was disgusting as well by the way proper gargler is Janino the second player that we've the second how am I going to how do I say this the second greatest ever player for a club that we've done so far who's yeah JJ yeah JJ JJ Okocha was yeah okay wow brilliant that's one of my quiz questions done cheers you prick um no no it wasn't that actually wasn't as well um Right, so before we answer the questions, mate, how good was Janino um, and what we think he'd be worth now? Dono, talk us through. I'm going to leave this. I'm going to pass, leave the floor to you. Um, talk me through his kits. Okay. Coming in at number three, we have the Sao Paulo 1993, 1993 to 1995 um, home shirt. It's the red, black and white stripe um, standard that you get with the Sao Paulo to replicate the badge. Um, it's quite thick stripes, little V, quite a deep V neck on it as well. Something you might see in Top Man circa 2008, 2009. Um, very nice little number. And then we're lovely little number. We're <laughs> moving on to number two, we've got the Middlesbrough 2003, 2004 away shirt. Now, this shirt. For a shirt that is made by Aria is an absolute blinder. So we've got the body, the body, the torso, um, like a deep navy, like a deep navy blue with the red and white Middlesbrough round crest emblazoned across the chest. Sponsor, dial a phone. Dial a phone. Okay. Um, what is that? I can't even remember dial a phone. What even was that? I think it was like um, 
I, isn't Dialophone like Cellnet? Isn't it that type of thing? Like it was a it was a mobile provider or a phone provider? I don't know. Yeah, I would have thought it had been some sort of like mobile phone shop for all the young listeners out there. That was where you would go to buy a phone. Um, back to the kit. We've got so you've got the the dark navy you've got the dark navy um torso but also the underside of the sleeve is also dark navy and then it's like a oh, i can only describe it as like a it's like a burgundy Ooh. so it's like a burgundy sleeve on the top so it's like a it's like a it's like a half and half sleeve and then it's got these gold accents like uh, around the chest and then down the torso oh it's a it's a banger it's an absolute banger and then in at number 1 We've got the Atletico Madrid 97-98 home shirt. Good Lord. What a shirt. So it's Puma, the home shirt. So it's the red and white stripes of Atletico. Massive sponsor across the front, Marbella. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing else, just Marbella. (laughs) You're watching the game, you think, where should I go on holiday? Oh, Atletico playing. Aha! Marbella. So, um... Not more beer, Marbella. Um, the the shirt is made by Puma, so it's got the classic Puma logo, the with the with the actual with the text on it as well. And then we've got a collared shirt with the button down. Um, like I said on the last pod, I'm not a massive fan of the button down collar, but this one is nice. This one is nice. It's got big poppers on it. I like poppers. Um, <laughs> not a fan of buttons, but poppers. Um, yeah, it's a banger. Nice long. It's a short sleeve, but the sleeves are long, which I also like. Classic Nike kit. Um, so yeah, so that's the that's the top three. We've also got a special mention um, for the uh, I Itua- I Itu- mate, how do you pronounce it? Ituano, Ituano, ninety ninety home shirt. Um, it's in black and white, so I can't really tell you what color it is, but it's mad. It's absolutely mental. It looks like it could be an Adidas kit, but it's not. It's made by a company called CCS. Huge company. Yeah, huge in Brazil. Um, Every single pattern you could possibly imagine, apart from maybe polka dots, is on this kit. So (laughs) we'll have to put this on social because it's hard to describe. Um, The shorts, they haven't got three stripes because it's not made by Adidas. It's got four stripes. the 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 um the shirt's got what looks like a fake Sassuolo badge on it. Um sponsored by Gap Lan. God knows. Um and then it's like a it's like a it's like split into three sections. So it's got like a I can't even just it's like, it's like a bold it's like a block colour at, at um like on the torso and then the top half is split into two so one sleeve and part of the chest is like zigzags and then the other side is checks so like checkerboard it's it's mad um i need to see it in color because this one's black and white but yeah it's absolutely bonkers so an honorable mention to that one so the top three we've got the uh, the sao paulo 93 95 home shirt uh at number two we've got the middlesbrough 0304 away shirt and at number one we've got the atletico madrid 97, 98 home shirt with a big fat Marbella sponsor on the front. That shirt is that those the, that era of Atletico shirts are up there with some of the greatest in the history of football. Honestly, they are so nice. Do Atletico have the greatest ever shirt sponsors of all time? I'm talking Marbella, Spider Man Three, 
Hellboy. <laughs> These yeah. absolutely mental batshit. Spot. Who, who's, um, whose idea was it to get sponsored by Hollywood Studio? I don't, well, Inter are sponsored by Paramount, aren't they? So, sorry, I mean, sorry, Champions League winner 2000, 2024 Inter are sponsored by Paramount. Not quite, it's not the same though, is it? But they do have some great sponsors. Yeah, great sponsors. Cool. Right, what, let's, uh, so I'm going to talk about his top three goals. So I'm going to, I'm going to start with the honourable mention as opposed to actually finishing with the honourable mention, which is an overhead kick that he scores for Vasto, Vasco da Gama, which is an overhead kick forward slash you know those like half volleys we were speaking about when we were talking about Morientes? It's not quite an overhead kick, but it's kind of an overhead kick. So that comes in as an honorable mention. But in third place was his goal, again, for Vasco da Gama in the 2000-2001 season against an unidentified Brazilian object where he takes the ball, he goes, I'm hitting this with my right foot. He then does a little bit of capoeira salsa dancing, takes samba dancing, sorry, takes it round the defender, shifts it from his right foot to his left foot, bash in the corner. It is a classic good goal. Classic really good goal. The lovely body shift from the right foot to the left foot. Bernardo Silva vibes on that little turn and then a little a little bullet into bottom left-hand corner. Goal number two is his free kick for Brazil against England in 95, which kind of put him on the map prior to his move to, um, prior to his move to Middlesbrough. Tim Flowers, you need to give this man his flowers because he is, well, or not give his man his flowers because he doesn't save it. But the commentator talks about it on the way up. He's like, oh, bloody hell, Roberto Carlos is going to strike the ball now. Carlos is going to strike it. Oh, it's Janino! <laughs> he just ex- expects Roberto, Roberto Carlos is, is lined up like he is going to run like a steam train and a leather one. But then Janino just comes in and curls a, a class free kick into the top, uh, into the top corner. Nothing the keeper can do end of goal number one is against his best goal is against my beloved Man United which hurts to say but his best goal for me is the one against Man United because he takes he takes Gary Neville listen here you little dick he takes Gary Neville <laughs> to the Gary Neville to the side and he goes look Gary you just fuck off for a little bit alright Gary Neville's doing the spinny dance Nicky Butt goes, you don't fucking do that to my mate Gary. Runs over and tries to <laughs> nail him. He then misses him and megs him. And then he just curls a beautiful um, little finish into the bottom right-hand corner. Calm as you like. So he's, again, an absolute stunner. So again, my goals from top to bottom are his goal for Gas- Vasco da Gama in the 2001-2001 season against an unidentified Brazilian side. His goal for Brazil against England in 1995. And then finally, his goal against my beloved Man United in the... 2000 uh, the 99 to 2000 season which isn't United's finest right overrated or underrated let's just get to it let's not fuck about it I'm going to say underrated I think for what he's achieved and that's not to say that people don't rate him either when I say underrated I wouldn't say like oh yeah no one talks about how good he was but I don't think he's probably held in the same regard as like a player like JJ Okocha is, and I think he probably was better than JJ Okocha. Definitely achieved a lot more than JJ Okocha did. Um, similar, similar kind of reputation, but I think I, I just don't think he. Yeah, I don't think he's held held to the same esteem as a player like that. So I think, yeah, underrated in the sense that he won the he won the World Cup. He played in that Bra- he played in that amazing Brazil side. I know he was on the bench for the majority of it, but still, like to to be a part of that squad. I think is a testament to how good he really was. And yeah, at a time when 
there weren't many Brazilians playing in the Premier League to come and play in the Premier League and play as well as he did. I think he paved the way for a lot of uh, great, great flair sort of footballers to come over and, uh, and play in the Premier League. Um, Cool. Agreed. I agree again wholeheartedly with what you said. I think he's underrated for all of those reasons. I think he would be, he should be deemed in that players, in those group of players that people go, oh, they are outstanding. We love them, stuff like that. But he's not quite in there. So he's underrated. So we've already said we think he's similar to Bernardo Silva. So how much do you think he would be worth in today's market? And who do you think he would go to? I think, so say Middlesbrough has been relegated. He's just won the second best player in there. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to, I'm just going to, um, inf- I'm going to look up inflation costs from 1999 to now. So basically, he was. So he went. He went for 13 million, but I wonder. Inf- he went from 13 million in 1999, which is probably around 50 now. I reckon. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I, I was gonna. I was gonna say like yeah, around 40, 40, 50 million. And I could see him. I could see. Kind of reminds me of like a like a Buendia sort of transfer. I could see him going to like a Villa, or like a team just outside the top four, um, for yeah, and becoming like one of their best players. Um, yeah, I could see him going to a Villa and being absolutely unreal. Yeah, nice. I was going to say forty-five million and Spurs. Very similar logic to yours, but other than Buendia logic, just James Madison logic. Pretty much the exact same thing. So we both applied the same logic, which is good. So the answer to mate how good was Juninho, he was underrated and he was very, very good. But here's some questions for you. Are you ready? I am ready. Guess what I've written. Guess what I've written for question number five when I was preparing all my notes again yesterday. Make some shit up. So get ready for question number five for me to make the same fucking mistake three weeks in a row. Yeah, true. Well done. Right, question number one. True or false? The real Juninho played with the fake Leon Janino during his career. True or false? True. Yes, that is correct. It is true. Fake Janino played with real Janino five times. True or false? Janino played with only two players over 200 times in his career. Wow. Whoa. Um, false. It's false. How many do you reckon he played with over 100 times? Uh, three. None. He made the most. He made most of his appearance. He made eighty-five appearances with Mark Schwarzer. Was the number one person he played. He appeared along a pitch beside the most. That's mental, um, isn't it? Mental, isn't it? Uh, okay, re- re- I referenced this twice in the pod, pod already, so I'm going to ask this question now. Who did Janino play more with, Joseph Desiree Job or Ronaldo? Job. He played with Joseph Desiree Job twenty-three times. And played with Ronaldo 26 times. So this was actually Ronaldo. Wow. So he was more useless <laughs> passing balls for Ronaldo than he was for Joseph Desiree Job. Um, upon his return in 2010 to Ituano, he became the first, he became the first and only player president of the club. True. Yeah, true. He was the president and the player. That is literally, I've said this before, but that's literally the best player from two years above has to play with you. And you go, right, my boy, I'm on free kicks. We didn't. We didn't even speak about this, did we? He he actually becomes the president of the club, and then <laughs> he comes back and plays for them on the last day of the season and scores a goal that saves them from getting relegated. That is absolutely how bonkers, have we not pulled that up? Yeah, my sorry to that all my crazy. fans. That is crazy. 
But if there's a sign that you need to listen to the whole podcast, is that that is a nuts statistic. And question number five is uh, Janino and Emerson Palmieri were not Emerson. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Janino, <laughs> Janino, Ravinelli, Fjortoff, and Emerson all used to play a game where they farted into a jar and they had to see if they could guess whose fart it was from opening the jar and smelling it. Um, true. Yeah, true. Well done. Good. Well done. True. Um, okay, that's us. That is us. So thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Um, I really need a wee again, as you can probably tell. Um, and I've just farted and it smells so bad. Um, Jesus Christ. We hope you enjoyed this. Next player pod obviously coming out next week. We are still here. We're still rolling, baby. Um, but I hope you enjoyed it. If you haven't already, follow us on social media. Like, subscribe, all of that shit, please. Social media is at MetHGW. And it is a goodbye from me. And a goodbye from me. We'll see you later. We love you so much. Bye-bye. Ooh.